0: Chapter 6 of Pagan Passions by Randall Garrett and Lawrence Jennifer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 6 The room into which they stepped seemed even larger than the one they had left. The distances were just as hard to measure, and why Forrester had the feeling he couldn't have said, but it did feel larger. The sense of enormous space hung over it. The wall-collars were just the same, however, dripping and changing in a continuous flow of patterns, with the little sunbursts and rainbows appearing here and there without any visible reason. But the room itself was comparatively unimportant, Forrester knew. It was what went on in the room that sent shivers up his spine and instructed one knee to start knocking against the other. He had heard of the court of the gods though as far as he knew no mortal had ever seen it There were certainly no photographs of it even in the most exhaustive travel books Forrester knew without question that he was standing in that courtroom. the knowledge did not make him calm and The being sitting and reclining on couches along the shimmering walls made him feel even worse he recognized every one of them, and every one sent a new shock of awe running through his nerves. His stomach felt like a hard rubber handball. There was Zeus all father, with his great silvery ringleted beard. His hands were combing through it, and he was frowning majestically into the distance. Next to him was the imperious Hera, mother of the gods. She sat with her hands folded in her lap, as if she were waiting for the end of the world to be announced. There was Mars, tough and hairy-chested, scratching his side with one hand and scowling horribly. His fierce bearded face looked somehow out of place without the battle helmet that usually topped it the horned and goat-legged pan was there and vulcan crippled and ugly with his squat body and giant arms reclining like an ape on a couch all alone and motherly-looking ceres using one hand to pat her hand as if she not forrester were the nervous one athena was there too lovely and gray-eyed She seemed to be smiling at him with special favor, and Forrester felt grateful. He needed all the help he could get. But the other gods were absent. Where were they? Pluto and Phoebus Apollo were missing, and so were Mercury, Neptune, Dionysus, and Diana. And, ah, the great voice of Zeus boomed as Forrester and Venus stepped through the veil forrester heard the voice and shuddered the mortal is here zeus went on in his awe-inspiring roar welcome mortal forrester opened his mouth but hera got in ahead of him she leaned over her divine husband and hissed in a tone audible to everyone in the room don't belabor the obvious dear enough's enough it is zeus said The roar was exactly the same i'm not at all sure no of course not naturally not my dear naturally not he looked around slowly nodding his great head now now let's see Um, do we have a quorum i don't see morpheus where's morpheus asleep as usual mars growled he finished scratching his side and began on his beard where else would the old fool be he's nothing but a bore anyway and i say to hades with him let's get on now Ares, pallas athena said mildly don't be crude crude mars bellowed all i said was that the old boar's not here it's true isn't it what in hades is so crude about it ha- Vulcan growled in a bass voice that seemed to come from the bottom of a large barrel look who mentions being a boar why you Mor started children harris snapped at once there was quiet and forrester had time to get dizzy maybe he thought he had been traveling too much After all, he had started in New York, and then he had found himself on what he suspected was Mount Olympus in Greece, and now he was somewhere else. He wasn't entirely sure where. The Court of the Gods existed, he knew that. But he had never heard just where it existed, and it was entirely possible that no mortal knew. In which case, Forrester thought confusedly, I don't even know where I am. For the first time, he began to think seriously that, perhaps, he was sane after all. Maybe everything he was seeing and hearing was true. It was certainly beginning to look that way. And in that case, maybe the dizziness he felt was just air sickness, or space sickness, or whatever kind of sickness came from traveling through those blue veils at least he told himself thinking of the old man he had met on the way downtown at least it beat the subway he looked behind him he and venus were standing in the center of the room there was no blue veil behind them it had apparently done its duty and gone away the subway forrester told himself solemnly didn't do that zeus cleared his throat ponderously I count eight of us he said eight all told Of course, that's eight without the mortal he paused and then added if you count the mortal in there are nine Pan stirred That's a quorum he announced in a hoarse voice that had a heavy vibrato in it it reminded Forrester oddly of the bleating of a goat Pan crossed his legs, his hooves clashed, striking sparks. Pluto and Poseidon said they'd accept our judgment. Why the absence, Vulcan said shortly. A storm, I think, Pan said, out in the North Atlantic, if memory serves us, and it does. As far as I recall, there are four ships sunk so far. Quite an affair. Vulcan said, ah and reclined again hera leaned forward where's apollo he said he might come sure he did mars said heavily old sunshine boy never misses a bit of excitement only he probably found something even more exciting he's in california all dressed up as a mortal california Ceres said my goodness what would that boy be doing in california Morris? guffawed oh, probably showing off how sunshine boy loves to show off displaying that gorgeous body to the girls on muscle beach i'll bet eight to five pan said at once morris turned to him and nodded shortly done now if i were a betting man Vulcan began in a thoughtful bass I'd we all know what you do gimpy Mars roared, but you won't do it So shut up about it Please Hera said order Her voice was like chilled steel the others settled back. I Think we're ready. Shall we begin dear? She looked at Zeus, who got ready to start But before he could get a word out there was a flicker of blue energy in the room a couple of yards away from Forrester and Venus the flicker expanded to a veil and a man stepped out of it he was a short fat individual wearing a chaton as if he had slept in it for three or four weeks his face was puffy and his golden hair was ruffled his eyelids seemed to have acquired a permanent half-mast and beneath them, the eyes were bleary and disinterested. Forrester needed no introductions to Morpheus, the god of sleep. The god looked around at the assembled company with a kindly little smile on his tired face. Then slowly and luxuriously, he yawned. When his mouth closed again, after a view of caverns measureless to man, He rubbed at his eyes with his knuckles and then heaved a great sigh and apparently resigned himself to the terrible effort of speech I'm late, he said, but it's really not my fault Oh, Harris said in a nasty tone of voice Morpheus shook his head slowly from side to side It really isn't His voice was terribly calm It was obvious, Forrester thought, that he did not give a damn. The alarm just didn't seem to go off again, or else I didn't hear it. Now, Morpheus, Harris said, I should think you'd get some kind of alarm that really worked after all this time. Why bother? Morpheus said and shrugged ponderously. Anyhow, I'm here. He yawned again. The thing's tiresome, but I did say I'd be here, and here I am. Now, does that satisfy everybody? Because if it doesn't, I do have some sleep to catch up on. It satisfies us all, Harris said with some asperity. Go sit down. Morpheus shambled quietly over to a couch near Mars. He lowered himself into it and slowly slipped from a sitting position to a reclining one. Well, Harris said to Zeus, "We're ready, dear." Oh, Zeus said, "Oh, uh, certainly. I declare this meeting. I declare this meeting fully met." He cleared his throat with a rumble that shook the air. <clears throat> uh, we're here, uh, as I suppose you all know to consider the problem of william forrester but first i'm reminded of a little story i picked up on earth (laughs) and in the hopes that some of you here might not have heard it i we've heard it harris said and anyhow this is neither the time nor the place zeus turned to look at her he shrugged very well he said equitably Let us return to William Forrester as a possible substitute for Dionysus. The first consideration ought to be the psychological records, wouldn't you say? I would, Hera said through her teeth. I believe Athena is in charge of that department, and if she's ready to report... Of course she's ready, Hera said, dear. Zeus nodded. Well, then what are we waiting for? athena got up and faced the company in general she began at once i think we can pass the candidate completely on the psychological records the index of subordination is low but we don't want one too high for this post two the beta curve shows a good deal of variation a dionysian characteristic there is perhaps a stronger sense of responsibility than is recorded in the dionysian index "'but this may not be a handicap.' "'By no means,' Harris said. "'Responsibility is something we could all do with more of around here.' She shot a poisonous glance at Morpheus, whose eyes were now completely closed. Forrester, busily wondering what his beta curve was and why it varied and what he would do if he lost it and had to get another one, missed the next few words of Athena's report. The word that did impinge on his consciousness did so with a shock. "'Sex,' Athena said. "'But after all, this is not quite my department.' She looked as if she were very glad of the fact. "'In general, as I say, the psychological tests present no insuperable barriers.' "'Fine,' Hera said. She dug Zeus in the ribs again. "'Oh,' Zeus said. "Uh, "'Yes, uh, fine.' Next, Hera said. Yes, Zeus said, by all means, uh, next. Morris got up. He was now scratching the hair on his chest. He looked around at the others with a definitely unfriendly expression. The physical department is mine, he said. The candidate can handle himself all right. There isn't much doubt of it. He burped, wiped his mouth with the back of one hand, and went on. Of course, he's let himself run to fat a little here and there, but it isn't really serious. Mainly a matter of glandular balance or something like that, as far as I understand Hermes's report. Forrester began to feel like a prized chicken. "'And physical training,' Mars said. "'Well, there hasn't been any training, that's all. And that's bad.' He is not being considered for your position, Vulcan said. One muscular brainless imbecile is enough. Mars took a deep breath, please, Harris said, Continue the report. The breath came out in an explosion. All right, Mars said. Discounting the training end of things and assuming that Hermes can fix up that glandular mess. I think he can pass the physical Forrester wasn't sure that he liked being referred to as a glandular mess On the other hand he asked himself. What could he do about it? He stood quietly wondering what was coming next His worst fears were fulfilled Venus stepped forward and gave her report Basically, it was a codicil of a rather specialized nature to the physical report. While it was going on, Forrester glanced at Athena. She looked every bit as embarrassed as he felt, and her face wore a look of sheer pain. Once he thought she was going to leave the room, but she remained grimly seated until it was all over. Forrester couldn't figure out, when he thought about it, How the gods had managed to give him all these tests without his knowing anything about it But then they were supernatural weren't they and they had their own methods A mortal didn't have to understand them Forrester wasn't sure he was happy with that idea, but he clung to it. It was the only one he had When Venus finished her report, there was a little silence Any other comments? Hera whispered to her husband ah uh, yes Zeus said Uh, other comments if anyone has any other comments to make please make them now now is the time to make them he sat back morpheus stirred slightly and spoke without opening his eyes or sitting up sleep he said harris said sleep very important morpheus said slowly the candidate sleeps pretty well soundly as a matter of fact the only trouble is that he doesn't get enough sleep but then no one on this entire crazy world ever does he yawned and added not even me forrester passed a hand over his forehead he realized very suddenly that he had come to a conclusion somewhere during the meeting. He was, he told himself, definitely sane. That left another conclusion. He was not dreaming anything that was happening. It was all perfectly real. And he was about to become a demigod. That, in itself, didn't sound so bad. But he began to wonder, in a quiet sort of way, just what was going to happen to William Forrester, acolyte and history professor, when Forrester Bacchus had become a reality. With a blunt shock, he knew that there was only one answer. William Forrester was going to die. It didn't matter what the verdict of the gods was. There were more tests coming, he knew, and if he failed them the gods would kill him quite literally and quite completely. But, he went on, suppose he passed the tests. In that case, he was going to become Forrester slash Bacchus, a substitute god. Plain old Bill Forrester would cease to exist entirely. Oh, a few traces might remain. His beta curve, for instance, whatever that was. But Bill Forrester would be gone somehow the idea of a revenant beta curve didn't make up for the basic laws on the other hand he reminded himself again what choice did he have none he forced himself to listen to what the gods were saying zeus cleared his throat throat) well i think that closes the subject Uh, am i right dear you are Hera said Very well, Zeus said. Then the subject is closed, isn't it? Hera nodded wearily. In that case we can proceed with the investiture. Hephaestus, will you please take charge of the candidate? Hephaestus slash Vulcan sighed softly. I suppose I must. He swung off the couch and stood, half crouched for a second. Forrester looked at him blankly Well Vulcan said come on He jerked his head toward Forrester over here With one last backward glance at Venus Forrester walked across the room Vulcan turned and hobbled ahead of him toward the wall Forrester followed until almost at the wall a veil of heaven appeared feeling almost used to the thing by now Forrester followed Vulcan through, and he didn't even look behind him to see if the veil had vanished after they'd come through. He knew perfectly well it had. It always did. The room they had entered was similar to the ones he had seen, but there was no change of colors. The walls glowed evenly and with a subdued light that filled the room evenly. And for the first time. The walls weren't simply blanks that became things only when approached The strangest looking objects Forrester had ever seen filled benches tables chairs and the floor and some were even tacked to the glowing walls He stared at them for a long time No two were alike They seemed to be all sizes shapes and materials The only thing they really had in common was that they were unrecognizable. They looked, Forrester thought, as if a truckload of non-objective 20th-century sculpture had collided with another truck full of old television-set innards. Then in some way the two trucks had fallen in love and had children. The scrambled horrors scattered throughout the room were, Forrester told himself bleakly, the children. Vulcan sat down on the only empty chair with a sigh. "'This is my workshop,' he announced gravely. "'It is not arranged for visitors, nor for the curious. I must advise you to touch nothing, if you wish to save your hands, your sanity, and very possibly your life.' Forrester nodded dumbly. Vulcan's tone hadn't been unfriendly he had merely been warning a stranger in the shortest and clearest manner possible against the dangers of feeling the merchandise not forrester thought that the warning was necessary he would as soon have thought of trying to fly as he would of touching one of the mixed-up looking things now vulcan said if you'll he stopped pardon me he said and levered himself upright he went to a chair swept a few constructions from it and put them carefully on a table. Sit down, he said, motioning to the chair. Gingerly, Forrester sat down. Vulcan returned to his own chair and climbed onto it. Now, let us get to business. Business? Forrester said. Oh, yes, Vulcan said. I imagine you were pretty well bewildered for a while. No more than natural, but I think you've figured it out by now. You know you are going to be given the powers of a demigod, don't you? Yes, but... Do not worry about it, Vulcan said. The powers are simply powers. They are not burdens. At any rate, they will not be burdensome to you. We know that. We have researched you to a fine point, as you may have gathered from the Falderall back there. He gestured toward his right, evidently indicating the court of the gods. But... Forrester said suppose. I'm not what your tests say. I mean suppose. I there is no need for supposition Beyond any shadow of doubt. We know how you as a mortal will react to any conceivable set of circumstances. Oh Forrester said but Precisely you have realized what yet needs to be done We know what your abilities and limitations are as a mortal the tests you have yet to pass are concerned with your actions and reactions as a demigod. Forrester swallowed hard. He felt as if he were on a moving roller coaster. No matter how badly he wanted to get off, it was impossible to do so. He had to remain on while the car hurtled on. And where was he going? The gods, he told himself with more than ordinary meaning, knew the power which is to be infused into you vulcan said if you don't mind the loose terminology i don't mind in the least forrester assured him earnestly not in the least the power infused into you will make some changes these will not only be physical changes mental changes must be expected oh forrester said mental changes correct Physically, you see, you will become what no mortal can ever quite be, a perfectly functioning biological engine. Every sinew, nerve, and muscle, every organ and gland, every tissue in your body will be in perfect harmonic balance with every other. Metabolically speaking, your catabolism and anabolism will be in such perfect balance that aging will not be possible. Forrester thought that over i'll be immortal he said in that sense of the word vulcan said you will you will be as a matter of fact quite a good deal tougher stronger and harder than any animal now existing on the face of the earth i must accept of course a few of the really big ones like the elephant and the killer whale oh forrester said sure but make no mistake You can still be killed a bullet through the heart will not do the job It will merely incapacitate you for a few hours But if you were to have your head blown off by a grenade you would be quite dead remember that I Don't see how I could forget it You will heal with incredible rapidity, but there are limitations anything that pushes the balance too far will be fatal you can lose a hand or even an arm without serious harm the missing member will be regrown but if you were to fall into a large meat grinder i get the idea forrester said feeling pale green good vulcan said however there is more more There are certain other powers to be given you in addition. You will learn of these later. Forrester nodded blankly. Now, Vulcan said, all these physical changes will have a definite effect upon your psychological outlook, as I imagine you can plainly see. Forrester thought about it. Well, let us suppose that you are a coward who has avoided fights all your life now you are given these powers what will happen I'll be strong exactly you will be strong and because you are strong and almost indestructible you suddenly decide that you can now get your revenge on the people who have pushed you around well Forrester said I you begin to look for fights Vulcan said You go around beating up everyone you can find simply because you now know you can get away with it do you understand me I guess so a man with a vicious streak in him would be intolerable in this position can you see that take an example Aries Mars is a tough God hard and at times brutal but he is not vicious Forrester was a little surprised to hear Vulcan say anything nice about Mars. He knew, as everyone did, the long history of ill will and positive hatred the two had built up between them. It had begun soon after Vulcan's marriage to Aphrodite slash Venus. He hadn't been a cripple then, of course. For a while, he and Venus had had a fine time. But Venus apparently just wasn't satisfied with the dull normal routine of married life None of the gods seems to be as a matter of fact Either they were altogether too married like Zeus or else they weren't married enough like Venus Or else they were like Diana and Athena indifferent to marriage At any rate Venus had begun looking around for fresh talent and the fresh talent had been right there ready to sign up for a long contract on a strictly extra-legal basis. One day Vulcan caught them at it, his wife and Mars. Vulcan was angry, but Mars didn't exactly like to be interrupted either, and he was a little faster on the draw. He tossed Vulcan over a nearby cliff, crippling him for good. As for Aphrodite, who knew? It was entirely possible that by this time the goddess of love had run through the entire list of gods and was now at work on the mortals Forrester wasn't entirely sure he disliked the idea on a simple physical level, but there was more than that to it, of course there was Vulcan Forrester found himself liking the solemn positive workman. He didn't want to hurt him and a liaison with Venus was certain to do just that He came back to the present to hear Vulcan still discoursing also the god said Changes in glandular balance must be made these changes have a necessary effect on the brain The personality changes subtly though. I can assure you that the change is not a marked one he paused for all these reasons he finished i am sure that you can see why we must subject you to further tests i understand forrester said vaguely good now you will not know whether a given incident any given incident is a perfectly natural occurrence or a test imposed on you by the pantheon can you understand that forrester nodded vulcan levered himself upright his ugly face smiling just a little. And remember what I have told you, no worrying. You don't even know just what any given test is supposed to accomplish, so you can't know whether the action you choose is right or wrong. Therefore, worrying will do nothing for you. You will be at your best if you simply behave naturally. I'll try remember also that you were picked not merely for your physical resemblance to dionysus but your psychological resemblance as well therefore playing his part should be comparatively simple for you right i guess so forrester said feeling both expectant and a little hopeless about it all fine vulcan said now wait one moment He turned and limped over to a structure that looked like a sort of work table. When he came back, he was carrying several objects in his big hands. He selected one, an ovoid about the size of a marble, colored a dull orange, and handed it to Forrester. "'Swallow that.' Forrester took it cautiously. As soon as he found out what he was supposed to do with the thing, its dimensions seemed to grow. It looked about the size of a golf ball in his shaking hands. "'Swallow it?' he said tentatively. "'Correct,' Vulcan said. "'But this object is a—well, call it a talisman. It will not dissolve, and it is recoverable, but for the investiture it must be inside you. But you will find it so easy to swallow that you will need no water. Go ahead.' Forrester put the thing in his mouth and swallowed once just to test the Vulcan statement The effect was surprising He could barely feel it leave his tongue and he couldn't feel it go down at all He swallowed again experimentally and explored the inside of his mouth with his tongue It is gone Vulcan said good. It's gone. All right. Forrester said wonderingly The sandals are next Vulcan selected a pair of sandals with rather thick soles and handed them over They were apparently made of gold Forrester obediently strapped them on and Vulcan next handed him a pair of golden cylinders indented to fit his curved fingers You hold these very tightly Vulcan said during the investiture You must grip them as hard as you can he peered closely at them and pointed to one this one goes in the left hand the other goes in the right squeeze them as if uh, as if you were trying to crush them all right all right Forrester said Vulcan nodded good from this moment on do exactly as you are told answer questions truthfully keep nothing secret remember my instructions right Forrester said doubtfully come on Vulcan said heading for the wall the inevitable veil of heaven appeared and Forrester followed through it as before the room they entered was not he thought the same one they had been in before or if it was it had changed a great deal it was difficult to tell anything for sure the shifting walls looked the same but they also looked like the shifting walls in Venus's apartments At any rate, there were now no couches on the floor. The room seemed even bigger than before, and when the walls settled down to a steady golden glow, Forrester felt lost in the immensity of the place. In the center of the room was a raised golden dais. It was about five feet across and nearly three feet high. The gods were ranged around it in a semicircle facing him. Vulcan slipped into an empty space in the line and Forrester stood perfectly alone holding the cylinders Zeus cleared his throat. <clears> throat step up to the dais. He said stumbling slightly Forrester managed to do so without losing his grip on the cylinders in The center of the raised platform with the gods staring at him. He felt like something under a microscope William Forrester, Zeus said, and he shuddered. The All-Father's voice had never been more powerful. William Forrester, from this moment onward, you will renounce your present name. You will be known as Dionysus the Lesser until and unless it shall please us to convey another name on you. Henceforth, You will be in part a recipient of the worship due to Dionysus, and you will hold the rank of demigod. Do you accept these judgments and this honor? Forrester gulped. A long time seemed to pass. At last he found his voice. I do, he said. Very well, Zeus said. The gods joined hands and closed the circle around Forrester, surrounding him completely. The golden auras that shone about their bodies grew more and more bright Forrester clutched the golden cylinders tightly then very suddenly there was an explosion of light Forrester thought he had staggered but he was never sure everything was too bright to see dizziness began and grew the room whirled and tipped Somewhere a great organ-like note began and went on and on Forrester convulsed with the force of a single great burst of energy that crashed through his nervous system and Then in a timeless instant everything went black End of chapter six